Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brand. Something Positive for Positive People is a hub of sex-positive resources that include therapists, people who are sharing their experiences with STIs. We've got sex educators, organizations that provide sex education, condoms, and STI testing, and STD treatment, everything across the board under the umbrella of sex positivity. And if you find that there's something left out of here or that is underrepresented on this platform, please let me know, and I want to be sure to include that here. This is the Sex Positive Podcast, and I want to make sure that it's as informative and as useful as it can possibly be to Everyone who's curious about sexuality and entering this space of sex positivity. And I'm also destigmatizing STIs, especially herpes, because that's what I have. And I know that a lot of people are dealing with that. And if you're new to the podcast, more than likely you were just diagnosed. And I'm hoping that you're able to find the support that you need in this space. I'm with Adrian, the Yoni nutritionist. We met on Instagram. Uh, So Adrian, you have a lot of letters behind your name as well. Can you introduce yourself? I'm terrible. (laughs) That's okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Adrian Rommel, and I am the Yoni nutritionist. I am a holistic nutritionist, yoga teacher, and mindfulness coach from Toronto, Canada. Oh, I didn't know you were from Toronto. What made you move the body? What's Bali? I mean, it's so nice. (laughs) I live in Bali. I've been here for three months, just over three months. And um, my intention was just to stay the winter here because Canadian winters suck. But I really love it here. So I have a feeling I'll be staying longer. It's been my dream destination for as long as I can remember. And I I had the time and I had the means. Um, I usually like to spend my winters in somewhere warm. So... I was like, I'm going to Bali. Yeah, nice. So what do you have, an Airbnb or what? Do you own a place out there? No, I'm staying in what's called um, a guest house, and it's kind of like a really fancy motel. Oh, okay. That's shared accommodation with other people with a shared kitchen, but I have my own room. Oh, that's nice. Okay. All right. So you and I met on Instagram. Um, someone I follow on Instagram shared one of your posts and I saw herpes. I was like, someone else is talking about herpes. Yay. That's exciting. And then I I just, I get so excited when someone new is so willing to open up about this so that we can get people into a space where they understand the reality of this, that it is almost inevitable that at some point in your sexually active life that you will have at least been exposed to herpes. You may not end up testing positive for it. Condoms don't protect you from exposure. And we know this because now we've had it for as long as we have. I've had it seven years. You said you had it 16. I got to your page and I was reading the post and I ended up watching your story and The question you asked was, is it necessary to disclose in a casual sex situation? And what kind of feedback did you get from your audience? So I did a poll with my audience um, because I was recently in a situation where I had a potential, potential casual sex partner and I disclosed and he rejected me, which was really, it really sucked. (laughs) And I've had other partners that I've disclosed who have told me you shouldn't have told like I don't need to know that so it's super confusing so I did a poll with my audience and 
number said, yes, always disclose 100%. Like, why is that even a question? But a large number, the the remaining 31% of my audience said, it's not necessary as long as you're practicing safe sex, as long as you know that you're not in an outbreak situation, you're using condoms. um, And again, as long as you're practicing safe sex. And I just found that to be really, really interesting because to be honest, I mean, I have experimented with that as well as, as well as disclosing in advance. And I mean, yeah, it's just, there's a bit of a gray area. I think it's not as black and white as it seems like we talked about. It's just the stigma is really, it's tough in a casual sex situation. The gray area is situational. And I've talked to people who have completely different perspectives than I have. And I can't speak for because I'm not in their situations. Like we said yesterday, mostly women who have been survivors of sexual assault or are in a situation where they feel they can't disclose that because they feel as if their lives are in danger. I feel that that's the gray area. So what goes through your mind when you're deciding or thinking about it or when you are experimenting even with do I tell this person? Do I not tell this person? I mean, it's so tough because, you know, when you're in a casual sex situation, you're in the moment, you're in the heat of the moment and you don't want to kill the sexy vibe. But at the same time, there's this little nattering voice in your ear being like, for me, that's kind of where the guilt and shame come in. And it's been really hard because in my couple of partners that I didn't disclose, I felt so guilty about it. And I had this conscience, uh, like a really bad, bad feeling that I didn't disclose. And it actually really stressed me out and kept me up at night and, and all of that, because I just felt so guilty about it. Because I feel like they have the right to know. But at the same time, it's like, in a casual sex or a holiday vacation situation, it's so hard because you don't know that person. You aren't ready to be vulnerable with them yet in that way. In my past experience I had on the weekend, I tried to be really confident in how I said it. And we're going to be using condoms because surprisingly, a lot of people don't want to use condoms anymore. I don't know why that is. But I was like, we're going to be using condoms. I have herpes. I'm not in an outbreak situation right now. And I tried to like... <laughs> you know, give some more information in the brief moment of killing the mood. Um, And he just wasn't, he wasn't willing to um, accept it. Yeah. Can I ask you what his response was? He was like, well, I don't know if I'm okay with it. And then he would be okay with it. And then I don't know if I'm okay with it. And then he'd be okay with it. And actually, so we got condoms and um we tried to have sex and like about five seconds in he's like i can't do it Mm. i can't get it i can't get it out of my mind and he said i really really appreciate you telling me i'd rather you tell me than not tell me i'd be really angry if i found out afterwards um and and stuff like that which yeah yeah um i've heard that a lot but i've also insisted on telling one partner and he was like I, whatever it is, I don't want. I don't want to know. And I was like, I want to tell you. I have something I need to tell you. You have the right to know this information. And he said, whatever it is, I don't want to know. And I said, I'm going to tell you anyways. So I did. And he said, I wish you didn't tell me. And this is a 50 year old man. And he said, 
in a vacation slash casual sex situation, you don't really need to tell people as long as you're being safe. And then I was like, what? Really? (laughs) And that got me thinking. And then I started um, kind of, I mean, I didn't do it with a lot of people because I don't have a lot of casual sex. Um, But there was one other partner that I didn't tell. And I felt so guilty about it. Two other partners that I didn't tell. And I just felt so guilty about it. And it just like ate me up inside. Mm -hmm. Safety is such a subjective term. You know, what does it really mean to be safe? Especially if you're in a casual situation where there's sexual contact. To that person, it just may mean using a condom. To you, it may mean, all right, I can't have an outbreak. I got to make sure I'm not shedding. I got to make sure I'm on my medication. And it's very concerning that someone who is so mature and open to sexual encounters would just rather not know what their risks are. Even on your side, though, like, How does that make you feel? Like, do you feel safe with someone who's like, I don't want to know? It definitely made me question the trust in this person. But I've had friends, male friends who have herpes, who have said the same thing. Um, Because I've really been struggling with this over the past few years. Like, disclose or not disclose in a casual sex situation, being a single girl and dating, wanting to have a little bit of fun as well. Um, and, And my friend who is a male who has herpes said the same thing. If you're not, if you don't see it as being a serious relationship, um, if it's just a casual fling or for fun, you don't necessarily need to disclose as long as you're being safe. And I was like, Oh, this is, I mean, it's an interesting perspective. It's not something that I feel is right for me, but I, I know that a lot of people feel this way. When we were at South by Southwest, we did a live podcast recording on the Ignite Intimacy podcast with Laura Aisha. And something that came up was she has a friend who she took a poll of male partners and was like, hey, would you rather me tell you I have herpes or would you rather not know? And the majority of them said that they would rather not know. And so she took it upon herself to just be like, "Okay, well, men don't want to know. It's important to not take this sample size of results and apply that to everyone. Because again, we don't know the long-term effects of this. And you can be subjectively safe, do everything right, be on medication, not have an outbreak, wear a condom. I mean, condoms break. Herpes is skin to skin. So, I mean, if you go and balls deep in somebody, then there is a very likely chance that you're passing it on from the pelvic region. It's just so subjective to be safe. And you can't take a sample size and apply that as far as that goes and again these consequences stretch out so far as to a point where the partner of a partner of a partner of a partner could have it because everyone in between that didn't show symptoms and so now they have it they're in the worst pain of their life they were probably already in a bad place in life and now on top of that herpes and this is this is a message I believe needs to get out there is that there are long-term consequences for a lot of the men who are just like, oh, well, you don't have to tell anybody that like, this is a casual thing. And I'm finding it to be so common among men. And that may even be the reason why I struggle to find more men to come on this podcast to talk about it, because it's something that we don't care to know. Yeah. And in my experience, I've had a lot of long-term relationships and have not used condoms in those circumstances and as far as I know I've never given herpes to anybody and 
a lot of uneducated people think that just because you have sex with a herpes or HSV positive person automatically means you're going to get herpes when that's not the case. And like you were saying earlier, it's, it's like kind of the conscious community, sex positive community are people who definitely can take this from a different perspective of understanding compassion, but there's a lot of people still who aren't educated millennials. I mean, I think it's changing, but still like, of course, my experience over the weekend was with a guy who was much younger than me, <laughs> but um, yeah, like people just aren't educated and when they're not educated, there's a fear and that's kind of where the stigma comes in as well. Mm-hmm. It's just so, <laughs> and it's funny, it's interesting that you say a lot of men prefer not to know because that's been my experience too. But I've had a lot of men that are like, thank you for telling me. Some have rejected me and some have been like, okay, they're willing to accept the risk. So what's the common theme uh, between the men who've been accepting of moving forward with sexual intimacy after you disclose that you have HSV? Um, I'm going to say that they are the kind, they're kind. (laughs) And also they're probably not sleeping with other people at the same time. The men who I have told who have rejected me for it are just, have just been Tinder hookups or fat life hookups or whatever else and they're sleeping with other people so they kind of don't they're a little bit more afraid of the risk yeah i can see that because now if you're someone who's actively dating now if you become exposed to something it's like now that's gonna affect the way that you already do things in your mind so if i'm on fat life and i'm on tinder and i'm like strictly looking to just engage with multiple sex partners then okay i i don't want to put myself at risk you know knowingly for sure um i don't want to put myself at risk at all because now that's going to fuck up my routine my life and the way that i do things it's interesting that you say the people who are more looking at like long-term things so are these people you've met in bali for hookup situations no oh okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so if we if we lock this into the casual environment, how long have you been in Bali now? Three months. So for the last three months, have you had successful disclosures where you've disclosed and partners were like, all right, yeah, let's do this? No. And it's fucking me up because <laughs> now I'm so afraid because I'm just, it's starting to mess with my mind psychologically. Um, it's making me wonder if I'm ever going to be able to have sex here or if I'm going to be celibate for the rest of my life. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, you'll be back in Toronto soon, right? I hear Canadians are nice. Yeah. No, I don't know if I'm coming back to Toronto. But actually, no, listen to this. I have had one successful disclosure experience. This is a story. So I didn't tell the partner in the beginning. We were using condoms. And then it came close to us not using condoms. And I said, whoa, 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 hold up. (laughs) I need to tell you something. And um, I told him and he was totally fine. He was like, oh, yeah, that's not a big deal. That's fine. Okay. And I was like, really? So wait, 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 wait. So so wait, the condom's like not in hand and he's probably standing in front of you full blown erection. And then you told him and he's like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. 
Okay, so you move forward. What was his response afterwards? He was totally fine with it. Okay, and this was totally fine. He said, "He said he's so glad that I told him." Yeah. But a couple, a little bit of time went by, and we started following each other on Instagram. And I thought that this was going to be a regular thing. Um, I was like, "Yes, I found a person who doesn't care. It doesn't bother them." Yeah. And uh, I found out he has a girlfriend, like a long-term girlfriend. Oh, shit. So he's having unprotected sex with me, fully knowing that I have herpes, and he's going home to his girlfriend to have unprotected sex, and they're trying to have babies. And I'm just like, oh, my well, God. Are they are they monogamous as far as you know? Not as, as far as I know, no. Well, that could be something that they talked about behind closed doors. We hope. <laughs> it could be, but usually, yeah, like I would hope that if you're in a, that anybody who is in a polyamorous uh, relationship or an open relationship would then tell the, the person that they're meeting. Yeah. You know, just to kind of keep it all like, hey, I'm not looking for anything serious because I'm in a relationship. He did not even tell me anything about this person. Well, and let's look, that goes back to being in vacation or on holiday where you're in this casual environment, it seems to me like a free-for-all there. Like, it, it's anything goes. It's a wild, wild west of vacations. Is that accurate? Yeah. And there's beautiful people everywhere here, and it's, you know, it's like a revolving door. So it's, for me, it's been really, really tough. Like, I try to, now I try to do it a bit differently. I try to give it a bit more time before I have sex with somebody or before I disclose herpes to them because I feel like I need to build the trust and a friendship first but there's not a lot of time here with a person because you know a couple weeks here a couple weeks there a month here a month there so it's like by the time you get to that point it's really really tough mm-hmm. in an environment like this and again like I'm not in your experience but I'm thinking that disclosing early may be a double-edged sword because now if you disclose early you have the potential of that person being like, you have herpes as well, or it could be on the other end of it, like, I don't care to get to know you anymore, this is just going to be sex, which is awesome, yeah. but there's something about that, that build-up, that, that foreplay, the connecting, you know, like, you almost know that sex is going to happen in a lot of cases, and then when you just don't worry about that and you're able to just court somebody and do the whole dance of flirting and get in sync with them and have this rhythm with them and then you get to the point where sex is about to happen and then you disclose and there's that there's that long seemingly pause between when you say I have herpes and this is what I want to happen next and them saying okay or I'm not okay with that and then you hear that okay it's like fucking fireworks. <laughs> and oh, then, yeah. Especially, I mean, if, <laughs> if they like, of course, share what their status is, too. And again, this is something that I haven't always had perfected, but and I also haven't had to disclose to anybody in a year and a half. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really it's really challenging. And I, I see how it it's challenging for you. I see how it can be challenging for a lot of people who are in position to engage in casual sex and just feel so defeated after a rejection. But then, you know, if it's a revolving door, it's like, all right, now it's a numbers game. Bam, 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 bam. 
Yeah, I mean, it's good practice. <laughs> it's a good practice. But um, I've, I'm kind of like gotten to the point where I'm experimenting with different things. I say, I sometimes I'm like, okay, maybe I should try to tell them in advance. So there's no emotional attachment yet. And I can just tell them in a super direct way without any kind of feelings and just say it how it is. And yeah, it's not really working for me either. Uh. <laughs> I'm even thinking of creating a Tinder profile just to say I have herpes and I'm looking for somebody else with herpes. You'd be surprised. Yeah, you'd be. I know, right? I even joined, um, I think it's Herpes Singles or Positive Singles, the dating app for herpes. Um, but I haven't found anybody here <laughs> that's uh, on it. Have you tried dating positives? What's it called? Oh, so you haven't heard about this. So Dating Positives is a new dating app that you can try out. You can get on there and talk about what it is that you're looking for. And what I like about it is like it has different options for if you want to be flirty or you can go all the way up to naughty. And it matches you with people who are also in that category. So I encourage you to check that out. Okay. That was like the perfect opportunity to to plug that in there. (laughs) Perfect plug opportunity. Just to clarify here, for anyone who may follow you or find your post, we've already discussed this, but I want to make sure that you're given an opportunity to say it. Like, what works for you is disclosing all the time. All the time. Perfect. Yes. I just want to make that clear because I put out a post the other day talking about this, and uh, there was a bit of controversy. The message in my post wasn't about not disclosing, but it was just about the feedback that I'm getting from my audience about whether or not to disclose in this situation in a casual sex environment. Because some people, like I said, most of them said, yeah, 100%, always. But some people were like, "Mm, as long as you're being safe, I don't think it's necessary. I think a more interesting question would be, would you want someone to disclose this to you? I think that those numbers may look a little bit different (laughs) when you're on the other end of it. I want to help you get laid. (laughs) So... (laughs) records for so long well all right so let me ask you this so in bali are there a lot of single people or i imagine it's like this vacation spot where there's like a lot of couples too or something a lot of couples but a lot of singles a lot and like i swear to god the most beautiful people come here it's unbelievable yeah It's unbelievable the attractive people that are here every day. I'm just like, oh my god! And I surf, so I'm on the water, and that's where all the guys are. And uh, oh, that's where you're yeah. finding all the 22 year old surfers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's fun, but you know, like, but then it makes me, it gives me a lot of anxiety and social anxiety because I'm not like I'm a very sexual and sensual person, and I have a very high sex drive. Like a lot of us are. Yeah. But the only thing is, is I feel like I need to suppress that a little bit until I can fully feel comfortable with somebody and fully um, that they know me and I can disclose. Like once I disclose and they're okay with it, like we said, it is on. (laughs) Then they get like the real me. (laughs) Uh. But until then, I find myself now, like it's really messing with my mind. It's making me like do things a lot differently than I normally would want to, which is it's kind of like a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I feel like I, I isolate myself a lot more now and I'm shy. I'm not a shy person. Like I'll talk about anything and I, I love to interact and socialize with people. But now it's just changed 
Has it always been like that from the time you were diagnosed 16 years ago? No. So I was diagnosed when I was 21, 37 now. Um, and I had my first outbreak, which is the worst. But then for like 10 years, I had rarely anything. I could have counted on one hand how many times I had an issue with it, like five times in one year. And it was only when I was like really stressed out or a drastic change in environment. But then I went back to school to become a nutritionist. <laughs> Ironically, going back to school to learn how to be healthy made me really sick because the stress was unbelievable, like adrenal fatigue, burnout type of stress. And I started getting herpes outbreaks like on a regular basis, on maybe one, one month, once a month to once every two weeks. So that really changed my perspective about having herpes in my in my sex life because that was also the time where I was single for the first time in a while. I've always been in committed relationships, but here I am going back to school. I'm stressed to the max and single, but I want to date. Like I want to have that connection and interaction and intimacy with a partner, but I'm so afraid and I felt isolated and it and anxious and it stressed me out even more because when I would have a partner I'm always down there with a mirror like looking around making sure everything is okay I'm on the medication like crazy and I really it really started messing with me and um psychologically and I've learned now um to suppress it naturally um I have had one outbreak in five months which is like in the past two years is a record, but, um, I'm really struggling with it, with my sexual, uh, intimacy relationships with, with people. It's changed it for me. I was talking to a friend last night about it and she said, you know, it's a lot of mindset instead of looking at it from a place of lack, look at from a place of your glass is half full as opposed to half empty. And I'm like, I know, but when I keep having these situations like rejection and I'm trying to be open and vulnerable and disclose and be safe and all of these things that I know is right for me and it's still not working, it's just like, oh, it's so frustrating. All of these no's make the yes so much more worth it. I know a lot of people who may come here and hear this may get down or discouraged by the fact that they're not going to be able to have as casual sex as much as they want but you got to look at it for the positives when you look at it as okay now that I have herpes I'm weeding out certain types of people I'm bringing in certain types of people I'm sure you already know this and you can see it that way but when you're in the moment like I had sex this morning I can't put myself in your position I can just imagine you're like I want to hear that shit (laughs) I know all my friends are talking about their sex lives and I'm like do you know that living without an STD and having being able to have sex on a regular basis is such a luxury? <sighs> I know. It is such a luxury. But I will say this, uh, though. Having become open about it before I started dating my partner, Sierra, like a lot of opportunities were there through that vulnerability and being open about it and I think the hard part is probably you have a big personality you are a big energy and suppressing that is 
making you invisible to the people who would pick up on that and see and experience and feel what you're putting out there in order for them to find their way to you. It's true because, and my friend said the same thing, it's like you're putting this energy out there that's blocking you from the goodness coming in because I'm seeing it from a negative perspective because of the negative experiences that I've had, but should also be thinking about it a bit differently thinking like okay like you said it's weeding out the fuck boys <laughs> but i mean at the end of the day like it's making room for the people who are meant to be in my life and maybe that's just going to take a little bit more time but um but yeah I, I i definitely feel like the energy i'm putting out there because of my experience and fear is probably blocking a lot of stuff for me right you know what to do i know but you know when you're in it it's different if you were me and i was talking i'd probably say all the things that you could do and blah blah this and that but for me being in it it's just like i feel so defeated climbing out of that space of defeatedness though like when you get there i'm telling you it's gonna be cosmic well yeah and it's changing my strategy too like to be honest i really don't want to have casual sex i would love to find a partner that's a bit more long term but again in this environment it's so hard so now i'm kind of changing my strategy on I, I call it the tin on the tin tinder um whereas I'm looking for people here that are a bit more uh staying here for a longer period of time so you know hopefully that gives me a chance to build that friendship first because that's what I believe nowadays too is building the friendship first building the trust first so that when I tell them it's not such a rug pull from under me. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do now is instead of having sex right away, the first night I meet somebody is take my time. But there are some cases where I'm just like, oh, I just want to have fun and live in the moment. But then I'm like, oh yeah, I can't really. Being a primarily masculine identifying human, I've never thought that it would be a challenge for women to have sex because I've always been taught we have to be the chasers. We have to be the dominant ones. We have to tell you what you want and all that kind of shit. And now, like, entering this space where consent, I I can't remember hearing about consent prior to college, you know, um, and hearing things like women are as sexual, if not more sexual than men and all these things oh. like for it to be especially as much, at my age for it to be such a challenge though is like it's mind blowing to me yeah it's it real to me too yeah because i'm like <laughs> you know, you know, i'm 37 years old i'm like in my prime <laughs> my body wants babies i am like a cat in heat <laughs> That's it's funny. i'm gonna hump a tree in a minute like i'm not I'm like losing my mind. Now but they get you some attention. I brought my vibrator to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, use that. Continue to use the negative experiences though to guide you in the positive direction. You know, I, I can definitely say. Sure. Just... I mean, and the more I experience these things, like putting myself out there, the more I can share my experiences with others who are going through the same thing because I know I'm not alone in this. And I've gotten so many um, positive messages about some of the things that I've been sharing, especially in relation to this casual sex disclosure or not topic. Um, And people, I mean, most of us with herpes have had at least once a situation where you've had a one night stand and the heat of the moment, you didn't tell a person 
and then you're afraid to talk about it because you don't want them to find out all that stuff. So like, it's really helping um, other people in similar situations. We're all human, you know, still learning how to navigate through this process. So the more I can go through these experiences, the more I can help people too. So it's definitely, it's good. (laughs) Trying to see it as good. And in the meantime, I'm just going to masturbate a lot. (laughs) More power to you. And hug my pillows. Oh, you're going to... pillows at night. Yeah, you get real familiar with your body. Like having sex with a partner, you're going to be able to tell them exactly what needs to be done. When, how, where, how fast, how slow, how powerful, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I miss, like, I miss cuddling with somebody. I miss the intimacy. You know what I mean? That's what I really want is I want a regular person to be intimate with. And um, it's hard in this environment to find that. I just also haven't, yeah, Uh really been looking that hard. I'm sure I could get any, that's another story. But anyway. We got to get you a dating positives profile, May. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Adrian, is there anything else you want to leave us with? I feel like we covered everything. I did want to talk just briefly about the work I've done to sort of manage the recurring outbreaks. Come on with it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not taking the suppressive medication because technically I'm not having sex. When I'm having regular sex with somebody, I'll take the suppressive, uh, the Valtrex. But um, in the meantime, what I'm doing is just, because I'm a nutritionist and this is what I do, and this is what I want to help people with, is the nutrition and kind of wellness, mindfulness aspect of this healing because what I've been doing, it's working. I've only had one outbreak in five months. I think, A, my body really likes Bali. <laughs> but B, it's like, it's a lot of what you eat because a lot of foods can trigger herpes as well. And a lot of foods can help heal herpes. And energetically, for me, that's, I think, been the most important thing without getting too woo-woo. A lot of the energetic work that I've been doing has really, 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 really helped kind of heal my nervous system and help um, manage the herpes outbreaks. So like meditation, breath work, working with uh, the chakras, if anybody's heard of of that, kundalini yoga is like, is crazy. Um, For me, something shifted when I started releasing a lot of anger, deep, deep anger and deep grief I had within me. And that's when I started noticing, like, oh, I'm not getting as many outbreaks. Weird. Because it was after I started doing all of that work on myself. So, like, we all have issues from our childhood. I have a lot, and I've been taking a lot of time to myself to work on that. And I'm feeling like that's really helping with the herpes outbreaks as well. Yeah. And we talk a lot about that, too, here, just dealing with the emotional aspects of it and um, I mean, I guess we haven't gone as far as like the chakras or the energies or anything. It's come up on a few episodes, but it is important to understand the emotions attached to uh, the things around your diagnosis because we can easily point the finger and be like, that person did this to me or because I have herpes, blah, when in reality there are so many other aspects to our personality that we have to be able to sit with, experience, explore, and then release. Yeah. And then it's, and then it becomes a physiological thing. So like, okay, we got this from whatever situation, but now how do we manage it within ourselves? And that's 
really, really, really important, especially if you're getting recurring outbreaks. There's a reason why this is, keeps coming up. And there's a reason why it's coming up in the places that it is. Like, I really believe in this stuff. And that what happens is emotional trauma is stored in these certain places in our body. And that's why it keeps coming out, up for me on my vagina. Yeah. So until I do that work to try to kind of heal that part of myself and release, it's going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Mm-hmm. So I've managed to, like I said, suppress it naturally just by doing this work on myself. Mm-hmm. And luckily I have the luxury to do that being in Bali and I'm working on my building my Yoni nutritionist profile, but I'm not working in a, a job in a corporate environment with high stress, for example. So I'm lucky to be able to do that. That's I just wanted to add that okay. as well. Cool. Because I think that's so important to address that it becomes physiological beyond the point of, okay, I have herpes, but then it's like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. All right. How do I manage it? All right, Adrian. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and clarify you do choose to disclose. <laughs> and Yeah. Um, if people want to get in contact with you or follow you on Instagram, you're at Yoni Nutritionist. Yeah. This concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People with Adrian, the Yoni Nutritionist. I can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit at H on my chest. Till next time, stay sex positive. <laughs>